0: Welcome. I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. Here I share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. Be sure to check out the show notes where you'll find details about the episodes, plus important links, including the link to the Dogged Planner and Workbook created just for handlers on a mission. So if you're ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind and work your mindset. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast and welcome to January 2024 season four. I can't believe I'm saying all of that. And (laughs) to kick off the new year, there is no better way than to have a guest. And so I am excited to welcome Liz Joyce, who is Canine Handler Fitness. And yes, fitness, you know, it's a very common uh, resolution and uh, one that maybe all of us or some of us or whatever have. And so I thought, well, let's kick it off because sometimes we don't do fitness for ourselves, but maybe we will do fitness because our dog needs us to do fitness, (laughs) right? So with that, I'm going to let Liz introduce herself and how she came into this wacky world of canine handlers and all of us. And then you'll hear us weave together how this relates to mindset and why it's important. Um, But I'm just going to start stop talking and let Liz introduce Liz. (laughs)
1: Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Liz. Um, I run canine handler fitness, and I'm really excited to be here to talk to you about this today. I got into working with handlers when I had my first German shepherd, who was a bit of a wild child, and I connected Mm -hmm. with a really amazing trainer locally, who does agility, and she introduced me to her circle of friends. And I started working with them one on one in a gym setting and then running drills outside and I just am so inspired by the effort and energy and love and passion that people who do dog sports have for it and for their dogs and it's just a really natural fit for me. I love working with people. We have that common kind of grain in us, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, we're not short on passion, that's for sure. We are not <laughs> short on passion,
1: no. And after that, I started working some, my German shepherd and I got into IGP style obedience and bite work. And so I started working with the helpers and the handlers and just kind of expanded from there.
0: That's perfect. And then what? so you come from a fitness background though. That's your main gig, right? That is my gig. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yep. This is, this is what I do. Yeah. I've been So I've been lifting weights now. This summer was my 25th anniversary of lifting weights, which is pretty significant. And I've been coaching clients since 2006. And I've been working with dog handlers since 2016. Amazing.
0: How cool. Well, I'm obviously, I'm obsessed with this this line of, of thinking from a mindset perspective because I do believe in like fit mind, fit body, like that it all goes together, that, you know, I talk a lot about like being able to like think straight and all of that. And I think that that's really fueled by your nutrition and how fit you are from like both a mental stamina and a physical stamina standpoint. And it doesn't mean you have to be thin. It doesn't mean you have to lose 10 pounds. It doesn't mean you have to do all that kind of stuff. But I think there's when we are not fit for the sports that we do, we feel tired or we fatigue faster or like even for obedience, we can't hold our posture long enough. I mean, there's just so many dominoes. So that was one of the things that when I found you, I was like, oh my God, this has to happen. There's so many (laughs) connection points and it's just so important, I think, to the total picture when we think about what makes a great handler and mindset and this physical aspect of it and being fit and what that is it just is important so like what do you how do you define fit like what is fit to you like why like why should we care like what is that
1: (laughs) (laughs) why should we care well I'll touch base real quick on how it benefits handlers and then I'll talk a little bit about what fitness really means to me and what I strive to bring to people that I work with okay so For handlers, it's really important, like you obedience folks being fitter will allow you to have better posture and hold that posture for longer. And a lot of our communication happens through body language. So having better control and better endurance will allow you to do more of that there's also a component of injury prevention, which I think is huge. There's like nothing that yes. will sideline a team.
0: Oh my God. Better than yeah. an injury.
1: So, you know, having good mobility and working on your strength is huge for those things. Agility handlers. A lot of people want to run really fast with their dog and keep up and make sure they're able to support at obstacles and all of that becomes a lot more uh, possible. There's other things too, though, about handlers in that like, we carry heavy things more (laughs) than I think the general population, heavy bags of food or boxes of raw food and equipment around. And there's a lot of bending and moving and restraining animals and moving crates and doing all these kinds of things where if you're not physically fit or able to do those things, life is just harder for you. And I think about uh, fitness for, through a lens of is this making someone's life bigger or is that making Whoa. someone's life yeah. maybe a little bit smaller? So when I work with people, like my ultimate goal for them is for their body to not hold back anything that they want to do in life, period. They want to go paddleboarding. boarding. They want to go hiking. If This is like the ultimate freedom to be able to do whatever they want with their body and not have it be an issue. I think that that blends really well with our dogs too. Um, you know, having working or sport dogs is a really big responsibility. And I really think, I really believe that we owe it to them to be able to show up as our best selves and make their life as big as it possibly can be also.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I resonate with that so much. I think sometimes too, like what you were rattling off in terms of like bags of food and moving crates and moving all that kind of stuff. You just, those are like awkward movements, you know? I mean, those Mm -hmm. aren't like planned. Like when you're in a gym or something, it's a, it's a very kind of structured um, positioning or your form can be very structured where this is, I guess the word is functional. This is a much more functional kind of approach. Is that true?
1: Yes, very much. That's how I approach fitness. There's a, you know, we I've been working with people for a long time. I think we've had over 18,000 training hours, which is wow, significant, that's awesome. you know, It is awesome, but there's also a lot of trends that I've seen over time and people that are gym strong, and I'm going to use it like this, but like a seated leg press or a seated leg extension, while these definitely have a place in a rounded routine, if that's all people are doing, their bodies are not going to perform nearly as well as people that even just do body weight workouts that have a bunch of different movement patterns. So yeah. when I'm working with handlers specifically, and it's different than with the general population, I focus on like two times pulling exercises for everyone pushing exercise, because a lot of things mm. happen out front. So to counterbalance that, I do a okay. lot of backside of the body stuff for them. There's also a lot of prevention for knee injuries. So really good quality glute work and core work to make sure that those joints are supported. And I also give people's bodies access to as many movement patterns as possible so that they don't need to think about it. And it's like their movement library that's supported and coordinated Ooh. is huge. And so picking things up, even at awkward angles, isn't that far off from things that they've already been doing in their workouts. And it's easy peasy.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. You know, you mentioned like knees and things like that and being able to support. I feel like so many people like you, when you at a trial, you know, inevitably a bunch of people have knee braces on or, you know, they're supporting their bodies in different ways. And I feel like that becomes a little bit of an excuse to against working out if that, that's not even the right way to say that, but you know what I mean? Like, I know like exactly excuse, what you mean. It, yeah, an excuse it's to hard. not work out. When mm-hmm. in fact, if your other muscles around there were supporting your knee not that your knee would get miraculously better, but you're going to be stronger because those other muscles are engaged. And so there still is a lot that we can do, even if we have something chronic or, you know, and, and actually that would be the argument to do a bunch of different things so that we can get stronger in those areas and support that chronic condition better. Is that, am I close? You are like so spot on. <laughs>
1: yes, yes, you are a better than close. Um, <laughs> people that do have existing injuries, like that's when it's, I mean, it's important all of the time, but when you have an injury, especially one that isn't going to go away, like, you know, an issue with your back, or maybe you've had a knee injury that you're going to need to work with, not, and not necessarily around, but with, and you're going to use it in dog sports, having supportive muscle engagement is going to help that whole picture so much. And I think one thing for me that I really think about when I'm thinking about that, and the people that I work with, is that when people are sore, in certain areas, wherever that is, they're going to offload and have compensatory patterns. And yep. those follow up like those are secondary injuries are so problematic. And then you don't just have the one thing that you were working on, or the one thing that was an issue. Now your knees sore. Now you've been offloading. So the other hip hurts, then the other foot hurts and you get plantar fasciitis. And then the hip on this side gets sore. And then you've been walking funny. So your back's sore and you're holding yourself weird. So your neck hurts. And it's just like up and down every which way there's fallout. So having the ability to walk and move as normally as possible is going to be huge for long-term comfort and also like long-term experience in your life.
0: Well, and two things jump to mind when you say that. The first is how we seem to understand this really well about our dogs, but then we don't think it applies to us. (laughs) (laughs) Like, um, it's the same mammal, mammal, knees, knees, like it all kind of applies. So that's Same. kind of my my snarky comment but then the the other thing is um is that I think that just from like a, a I don't know just a walking around and being an understanding if you can't move through the world like you want to it really erodes your confidence I guess that's where it's like from a mindset standpoint I get involved right because I think if you don't trust your body to be able to, do the thing, or you think that you're going to get in your own way, or that your knee is going to get in your way, or something, your back is not going to hold up, or or you're in pain. So by the end of the day, you're crabby because it hurts. You're in pain, you know, it, and all the Advil in the world won't help you at, you know, five o'clock on a long trial day. You know, you're not going to have the same mindset. You're not going to be the same handler that you were maybe at eight o'clock in the morning. So I guess for me, that's why there's such a massive overlap between like mindset and being fit and figuring out also what fit means for you and your sport and what you need Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of a personal
1: thing too for people yeah and I think one big barrier like there's a lot of friction for people um, when they think about working out where social media has a lot of model type people in their early 20s wearing not a lot of clothes doing really (laughs) incredible things with their bodies but right that's like it's such a tiny little sector of people like that's definitely not the general population and just because that's what you see doesn't mean that that's what you need or should be aspiring to and taking care of yourself is like a bigger a bigger thing and like you're saying we do do it for our dogs with no (laughs) question but they, you know, I think there's this feeling of responsibility where they can't do it for themselves, but like people can't, like nobody can do it for you, right? but you either. So that's one thing that I love about working with dog handlers. That's very different from other groups of people that I've worked with in the past, that passion, that drive, that why is so in their face all the time. People that love dog sports, it's like, this is what we do. This is kind of who we are. We just love it so much and also we live with busy dogs. So like yeah. the reminders of why it's important are there if you are looking for them.
0: Yeah, I get really into the why as well, right? In terms of like your mm-hmm. mindset and why 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 you would want to work on your mindset and and what is that thing that drives you because we don't wake up motivated every day, but if we have some discipline or we have a plan that we can execute and we know why we're doing it, you know, that, um, you know, what is driving us? I think that can really help. So I'm assuming, but I need you to correct me. Like when you start working with someone, like, is there, why is there why for their dogs? Is is it, you know, because they want to be able to run faster, compete longer, do longer days. Like, tell us, give us some examples of some whys that you've heard from your clients.
1: Um, okay. So Agility handlers, their why is to be able to run fast. (laughs) (laughs) Hands down. That's definitely the number one thing that agility handlers want to work on. However, other people in different dog sports, I hear a lot of whys about, you know, from tracking people or people that do Mm. detection or search and rescue or have, you know, handle dogs professionally. Navigating terrain is hard getting up and over logs and in fields with ruts with a large dog, they're generally larger dogs. So with a large dog in tow or needing to actually carry your dog out of a search and rescue situation. So having balance and strength and endurance to be able to do those things is critical. Like you have to be able to do that or you can't really do that sport the other thing is injuries. So people also really want to start because they actually just want to feel good in their bodies and have less pain and, and, um, prevent future injuries and will recover from ones that they've been dealing with for a while.
0: Okay. Yeah. When you talked about agility, I don't know. I mean, people will laugh because I don't exactly run the fastest breeds on, no, on the planet. Um, <laughs> But you know for me I think like being able I don't need to run faster my goal would be to run better stronger because then I feel like we're better at accelerating or decelerating like we can hold our bodies up and like our general just body control is better mm-hmm. so I feel like when I am those moments in time where I am more in shape I feel like I can run lighter and more efficiently and get to where I need to go because I think we've talked about this before. There's so much like, it's not just running in a straight line, right? There's lateral, there's turns, there's side changes. And even though you do that, those things slower in obedience and some other sports, maybe you still need your body to be able to do that. And you need to be able to trust that your body can do it. Again, Mm -hmm. that goes back to like your confidence and mindset of like, believing that you are physically capable of being your dog's partner
1: Yeah, I think that's super important. And when I watch agility from people that when I, you know, when I'm watching agility to see where in this person's performance, like how can I help support people whose agility game looks like this? I see a lot of that time issues and they're in a, like it's very hard to slow down well and also to change directions and to yeah, in, like get to your speed, like your short acceleration in a short span. Mm-hmm. So I run this speed course and that every week they have different skill work. And I work on all of that stuff, stopping multiple times in a row so people can learn how to, it's not necessarily about just running fast, but learning how to use their body in a way and getting familiar again, back to thinking about having a huge movement library if they can move well without the dog and not get injured, when they go on the course, their muscles will know how to support them and they can run a lot more confidently and handle a lot more efficiently too.
0: Yeah. I mean, that would be, yeah, that's amazing. Like I can really imagine that and being, because all as all agility handlers have been told at one point or another, you're late, you're late, you're late, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I think that, That would help, but just being able to like smooth it all out and not be so herky jerky and yeah, Mm -hmm. being able to support yourself or if you're running multiple dogs, not get to the end of the day so tired and and all of that. So you focus on two different areas, at least your courses do right now. One is speed and the other is strength. So can you talk about Mm like why those two? Like why did like why did you start there and how do they different, compare, like just go on about them. Tell us about the differences.
1: (laughs) I started with my speed course because I was working with a large number of agility handlers. I have a very, very small group of private coaching clients. And I would say 70% of them are agility handlers. And they were asking me for speed work I don't like they want to run faster and I well I don't really have anything for that so maybe you Mm -hmm. should buy this person's course or maybe you Mm -hmm. should just go you know go see a track and then I kind of got pulled into it a little bit but
0: (laughs) Um, I love that though, because you know what, it's more, but it's more customized then because I have Mm -hmm. seen where other people have pulled in like running coaches, but to run for different, I mean, to run for our sport is very unique. I would think it's kind of odd. You know, we don't run very fast, very far, but we kind of sprint, stop, turn, you know, it's just, I don't even know what sport it would be like, I guess. I don't know. Like a slow tennis match. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, soccer. soccer. Interesting. Okay. Basketball maybe, but those stops and starts are so hard on people's
1: knees. And if they're not using their body in a way that helps them slow down or speed up, it's just all that pressure is on the knees and the joints. So learning how to use your body well to navigate that stuff is so important. The other thing that's interesting about agility handlers where running coaches have a piece of the picture, but not the whole picture is, you know, People run with only one arm a lot of the time. Oh God, and it's out I didn't to the think side. about that.
0: That's so yeah. true.
1: And they're not <laughs> looking in a straight direction. They're not looking straight forward. So like that throws right. a person's whole body and balance off. So I make a point of drilling that for people. We're going to practice this outside of handling a dog. Right. So you can get familiar with how to do that, you know, because like speed on its own is fine, but also, yeah. you know, the thing that made me do that actually is the, and I've been adjusting my course over the last year and a half, <laughs> the first round of intakes, people were running really fast and loving it. Then they were saying, this isn't really transferring to agility. When I'm going out on the yes. course, I'm not noticing that I'm able to run as fast as I can. It's not that it's not right? transferring at all, but they're not able to run as fast as they could when they were practicing. So I was like, okay, well, why and I watched the videos so that's been added to the course now too and now they really can take it into agility and it transfers so much more smoothly which I just love for them
0: that's really cool and then what's the difference between that and like strength what kind of strength are people looking for
1: (laughs) yeah those are different things yeah so the strength course I designed for originally um you know, handlers kind of all, all types, but I really wanted to have a different way to help people that weren't running agility. So people that were doing, you know, <laughs> my hearts with German Shepherds. So with yeah, what German Shepherd people do. You know? Um <laughs> so I decided to do the strength thing. So on the strength course, I build people up and like my whole, not my whole thing, but I love to split things down so people that aren't familiar with how to do it can learn how to use their muscles in a way that they feel confident that they know how to do it, they're not getting hurt, they're getting stronger all the time. And back to this mindset piece to me that's so important and i'm always guarding people's like emotional health around their exercise i am like a grizzly bear about that <laughs> i love so, it you know bringing people along through the journey with more complicated movements as it goes along is really important but i saw such a huge piece even in agility handlers of people that were getting hurt because they weren't strong enough to decelerate specifically but people that are doing protection work were getting hurt with their backs and people or their shoulders were getting hurt from tugging. So the support just wasn't there. And yeah, so I have handlers from all different types and all different age ranges and body shapes in that course. And it's really, really cool.
0: That's cool. And mm-hmm. those courses are X amount of weeks or their memberships or what? How does that work? Like how do like how? And I guess part of what I'm asking is like, How long does it take to be a faster handler? How long does it take to be a stronger handler? And is this, you know, kind of a lifelong thing that that we're all getting into? You know, I I mean, I would hope it's lifelong habits, but like. (laughs) So do I. That's kind of the goal,
1: you know, Um, I use, so my courses are, are a membership style. So people sign up, it's 50 bucks a month, and then they are loaded. They are able to use my app. And all of the workouts are loaded up there for them. We also have a private Facebook group. So I routinely do form reviews. so People can submit a 60 second video that I go through on a video review for them. And that's either from the sprint course, the speed course or the strength course. Um, You know, to get feeling faster and to be faster happens really quickly. If people are, you know, diligent and have fairly good discipline, I ask for two workouts a week and daily stretching. So the stretches is like four or five minutes and the workouts are like 25 to 40 ah, minutes. That's maybe. way
0: doable. I mean, that's as less than we're training our dogs. It's super <laughs> doable.
1: It is. Well, that's the thing, right? If it isn't doable, there's too much friction, the barrier is there, and it just doesn't happen. So assess that was a piece of it being really accessible. So it is an ongoing membership and people can see speed results in a crazy amount of time like 3 weeks roughly wow. 3 weeks like... that's
0: 6 workouts basically i mean a lot of stretching but that's 6 workouts yeah i mean yeah we got we can all do that cuz i think that gets step. into my next question which is i feel like everybody listening has done a workout program at some point <laughs> right of and and they've done it they've tried it they they either liked it or hated it but they got away from it and I think that it's so overwhelming to think about like oh I have to work out I have to go to a gym I have to buy a, you know price now I have to join the Peloton Nation you know or some expensive something something and you know like I work out every day but my workouts are at home like they're at home they're on an app I pull up my iPad like and that's how I do them and I feel like what's good is there's a lot more accessible for us at home now. Um, but I think that's what I love about your stuff is that it's not just accessible at home. It's for people like us. It's not for gym bros, you know, who are going to be in the gym or doing CrossFit. And I mean, all those things are wonderful, but I think this is like exactly for us, you know, by handlers for handlers, right. It's like very specific. Exactly.
1: And I think there's also something about going to a gym that can be intimidating, Yes. Even like for me and like I've been lifting weights for a long time. When I go to a new gym, I'm that chick in the corner, you <laughs> know, just like yeah. I don't love it. Like just really I don't love it and I can only imagine how someone felt out of shape and felt out of place there that that could well, just Well, and be you don't have
0: a plan. Like possible. even like like you, I've been to a lot of gyms in my life, but mm-hmm. I feel like if I walked into a new gym right now without a plan, I would just like Like you, I would go from corner to corner and I would be like, I don't know. Maybe I'll do some biceps. I don't know. Maybe I'll get on the (laughs) the treadmill and watch TV for half an hour. You know what I mean? Like, I just wouldn't. And it would be kind of a waste. I mean, it wouldn't be a waste. I'd be doing something so that something's better than nothing. But in terms of like having a plan, I feel like doing someone else's workout, like, I eat, you know, me doing your workout, like that takes it out of my head. Like, I don't have to have a plan. I don't have to know what I'm doing. I just do what the person tells me. And quite frankly, it's really good self-care time because you're doing something for yourself mm-hmm. for, you know, 30 minutes or however long those, the workouts are. Totally. I
1: totally agree. I think that that's a huge piece and that's really makes it easier for people to kind of wrap their head around, which I think is important, but yeah. there's a, also that thing too, where, if you were new to obedience training, for example, like that's a very specific precision type thing. And I'm thinking about Schutzen style obedience, which is like.
0: Very specific. (laughs) Like
1: you can't walk into a Schutzen style obedience with no training and no coach and expect to do well. Like that's not going to happen. Like just straight up. (laughs) No. Right. But it's the same kind of thing. So I really am striving to and working towards always making that barrier to entry and access to a coach that knows what they're talking about, that knows what their sport is and what the demands on their body are accessible financially because that's that's huge. So I think
0: that's really important. I think that's amazing. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And yeah, it knocks down a whole bunch of barriers, a.k.a. excuses (laughs) for all of us. (laughs) So in your program, but you've talked about this before. uh, One thing we are also as handlers, I'm just going to overgeneralize here, terrible at, is warming up. Stretching, Mm -hmm. warming up, getting prepared. You know, we're again, we're making sure our dogs are warmed up. We've got like all the things. We've got the back (laughs) on track, coats on them. We're making sure that they're temperature perfect. And yet, we just whip off our coat, grab a dog. You know, warm them up. But we just go in the ring and then wonder why, like our hamstrings are killing us, or you know, what? Right off the bone. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that too. Yeah. So yeah. So talk to us about like the importance of stretching and warming up and kind of, kind of the minimum stuff that we should all be doing?
1: Well, it depends, I think a little bit on your sport, but anytime you're sitting around for periods of time, stretching is important. And when you're running, having good mobility will, and, you know, stretching before you run, after you warm up, warm up first, but that will, yeah right um it gives you a better stride and helps you run better but when i think about it it's like that's injury prevention so from an agility standpoint it's really important that people warm up before they run and the order of events that i suggest and you and i have a whole group of lessons for your people and i'm excited to talk about trial i day know i so excited Yes. Um, but I'll just quickly tap on it. So, my suggestion is to layer up more than you need to, warm yourself up, warm your dog off, strip the layers, get to work. That okay. was to get to work, go run your run.
0: <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And what Liz is alluding to, so those of you who are in the membership, all of January is devoted to Liz and all of these great lessons. And if you are not in the membership, now might be a great time to think about that. Thank you for the plug, yeah. Liz. Um, So, and then in your programs, then stretching is part of the day more daily routine. You said there's more stretching available. So basically what I'm hearing is, is you're trying to get us to form a new habit per chance about doing that and just how important... I mean because whether you call it stretching or whatever to me it's like going back to the word mobility which you use and the idea of being maintaining our flexibility because when mm-hmm. we're not flexible we tense up we do weird things or we protect something and it just I, i'm making body gestures that are just like inward we clench in weird ways so talk about what happens to us as we're all becoming aging handlers and losing some flexibility and like how we can fix that, or at least stem the tide?
1: Well, I'm just going to hop on real quick and say that people experience changes in their mobility and their comfort levels really fast when they stretch regularly. And studies show like really reputable studies show that like five minutes a day of stretching is going to be like, that really is kind of, wow perfect.
0: So that's nothing. Five minutes is nothing.
1: It really is. And I am trying really hard to have people form a habit in a way that's really reinforcing. So reinforcement is super important to our dogs. And it's also important to us. And I don't know that people spend enough time thinking about how that reinforcement is being delivered to them and what can they do to increase that reinforcement history and also maybe the frequency of rewards mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes. you know so i encourage people to habit stack stretch while they're drinking coffee or take a movement a movement snack during their day or at lunchtime or something along those lines so that they have regular exposure in a way that feels good for them but yeah, stretching every day will help you prevent injuries. The things that happen too, especially when people have a lot of time at a desk or sitting. So sitting doesn't necessarily I was just going
0: to go there. Yes. Yeah, so I was just um, going to go
1: there. Sitting is also eating meals. It's also driving yeah, to locations. Right? It's also sitting at locations. It's yeah. also watching TV. It's also all these other things that people think, I well, I sit at work. Yeah, but you also drove there and you're sitting at lunch. So people sit, you know, a lot of time and then, you know, we're designed to be upright a lot more often than that. So we get tight muscles in ways that pull our posture in funny places. And then, um, you know, muscle groups don't work as well as they can because they're all lengthened out because the other side's all tightened up and just everything gets all out of whack. And People are amazing. We have an amazing way of adapting to different stressors, including that. However, you know, it does catch up. So unfortunately, the thing that I really hate about that is that people's patterns like that start when they're in their 20s or their 30s, even their 40s. But the they don't maybe necessarily know that it's such a big issue till they're in their 60s. And then right. they have a lot, they got a lot of homework to do then. And it kind of, you know, like, Hey, if you can hop on that train a little earlier and make your aging golden years feel a lot better, like do that for yourself. It's a big gift that you can give yourself.
0: Yeah. I, when I think of, as you were saying that, what I was, I was kind of chuckling because I'm thinking of like the pie chart that is like an agility day or an obedience day, right. And how you spend your time and like more than half of it is sitting you know, whether you drove, like you're saying, drove there, you're sitting in between classes or whatever. And then another hunk of pie chart is like carrying stuff, (laughs) right? Loading the car, unloading the car, loading the car back up, uh, you know, unloading it when you get home. I mean, like there's so much. So like the amount that you're actually in the ring is so small and relative to all of the other stuff or all of the Mm -hmm. other non-stuff like sitting that I think we forget that we're there to do those two, that two minutes, you know, or five minutes, you know, throughout the day, but yet we're just sitting down the rest of the time and then expecting that we're just going to jump up and be able to perform. So like I think very like, very best, right, like, right. And I think so rolling, like body awareness, just in general of like how your body is feeling and what you need whether you need more water or more protein or whether you need to like stretch or just do a lap and walk around or those five minute stretchings, you're talking about doing them multiple times through the day because you just realized maybe you've set an alert on your phone or something and you realize you've been sitting for two hours straight, you know, Mm -hmm. and yeah, I think that's, that's important. What do some of your, um, like, what are some of the things that some, if you can putting you on the spot here, but like some of like your clients, um, your members, like, what if they said that they've accomplished like by doing this, like what, what are some of the things that they come back to you with?
1: Okay. This is exciting. Um, there, <laughs> I don't, th- I don't think that there's been a day that's gone by since May of 2023, no 2022 that I haven't got an email from somebody to say, wow. Hey, I feel amazing. And often it's more than one. So like, that's huge. The changes are, you know, and it depends where people start from, but are they
0: surprised? Things. Like, are they, like, I mean, yes. I would assume by the time someone gets to you, they're being serious about their physical, right? I mean, they're like, okay, I got to do something about this. Um, mm-hmm. and they sign up for you the same way they said they want accountability, right? Mm-hmm. That's just like what they want with their mindset, right? They give me they a kind of Tell yes. me what to do. Tell me what to, to gasp, do. Right. Exactly. So, by the time they get to us, either one of us, they're serious. They want to yeah. level up their game. They realize they're missing a piece of it and so forth. Um, But I find that people are surprised all the time by certain things. I'll be like, yeah, I did the thing and it worked. Um, <laughs> and so, what are people most surprised about? Or, like, what do they tell you? What can you hear that they're surprised about?
1: Okay, so this is a great question and if you don't know her, I trained this woman named Becky Vanderweel who's like so awesome. She <laughs> did this list of 10 things that she has accomplished since she started working with me and it's been a year now. Oh my now. god. Yeah, and she's in the membership, so she's not a private coaching client of mine. So this is all through course material, but her list of things and like she was homeschooled, so she's never been in a gym class. She's never had a trainer. She's never been to the gym. Like, she's never worked out, like, I mean, at all. So she was coming in. Yeah. And good for her. I know. Um, Yeah, I know. So her list of things was stuff like I put my pants on without having to sit down.
0: Yeah, balance.
1: not nothing. Right. Right. My my knees don't hurt. Or also her thing was I used to only be able to do a quarter of a mile lap with my dogs. Now she's up to a full mile and it's really not taking her all that much longer than the quarter mile was before. So that's huge. Um, I also hear a lot of, I was at this trial, I finished and I got to that last obstacle or I can't believe I ran 30 obstacles in a row I also have someone that does a lot of bike jarring and canny cross with their dog. Oh. And he's been injury free for a year. So like, wow. that's been incredible. So that would have been, he's been with me for 15 or 16 months now. So it would have been kind of shortly after we started working together. I'm going to attribute that a lot to the mobility he's been doing, but he's been getting so much stronger too.
0: So yeah. those are
1: kinds of things that I hear from people all the time. I love for it. Like, I didn't think I could carry the crate in and now that I can and are they surprised? I think a lot of times yeah. they are because if you're doing things without a plan or just expecting your body to be able to do stuff but not really right. putting any attention on it and then all of a sudden you have a plan that's really thoughtful and split way down and you can follow it and like you feel good about doing it like incredible things can happen in a very short amount of time. And it is kind of exciting. It, yeah.
0: Know, well, I think it's a, I mean, it's a testament to our bodies, right? I mean, in the, like this mm-hmm. complex, crazy, you know, yes. system that we all walk around in and how fast it can, and it wants to get better. Um, so and bad. it, it wants to work, Correctly, like it, the system wants to work the way it was designed to work, and so when we give it the mobility, the support, the flexibility, the strength, all of those things, it goes, yes, thank you, yes, this is how I was designed to do the thing. So I think that's really fun. Um, Well, there's so much. I mean, you and I have talked; we are becoming fast friends because I just think that there's just so much. Between us, right, in terms of like getting that confidence, because like those people that you just rattled off those great testimonials, like they are more confident in their bodies, they're more confident to be able to do the thing. The person who's finishing 30 obstacles, I mean, she's like, Yeah, bring it. Like now I don't have to worry about my body. Now I can focus on my handling, you know? And so I just think it all comes together. So I'm really excited to start this conversation. Hopefully, this will encourage people to do something about their fitness this year. But more than anything, I want to like demystify it. Like I want it to like this conversation, hopefully it makes it less overwhelming for people to start. And it just to start to do something about it and start to prioritize themselves and start to realize that as the other half of the team, right, or dogs and us, like we owe it to them to be fit to be able to do the sport and whatever that means, you know, and Mm -hmm. like you said, it looks different depending on what ring we're in, but it's just as important. So thank you for that.
1: There's this quote my mom sends to me on stationery at every birthday, but I think (laughs) it's important when we think about our dogs too. And the quote is, what are you going to do with your one wild and precious life? And I think that like- You know, when you think about dogs, their lifespan can be so short and like yeah. really and like f- packing it and like the excitement and energy that you can have with them is just everything is so much
0: better when you're in a yeah. better physical space. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's amazing. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to put where to find you in the show notes. So everybody check the show notes. You know how to do that now and, um, just scroll down and, um, but give us like some just verbals. You have website, you have a Facebook, tell us where to find you briefly. And then the links will be in the show notes. Ah, well, I want it to be easy to find. So you can, if you search your internet browser for canine
1: handler fitness, spell the word C-A-N-I-N-E, you will see my website, same thing on Facebook. And I am a little less active on Instagram, but I do have an Instagram account, but I mostly interact with people on Facebook and that's where you can find me. Perfect.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. And I know that you'll be back uh, because we have so much more to talk about this year. Um, But thank you for this time and for introducing this to us and for kicking off season four and uh, our new fitness goals this year. So I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me and congrats on your fourth season. That's awesome. Thank you. I'm very excited too. I bet you are. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. Check out my Dogged Planner workbook and journal available on Amazon. Just search for Dogged Planner. I also offer monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out all the ways you can work on your mindset. And be sure to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. Finally, please share, subscribe, and leave a review. This helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.